you for your words. Speak to us today and encourage our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know how this message is going to go, but I'll start. Uh, I was going to be speaking on the family, uh, part of what uh, my wife was saying this morning. It's been a burden for me, and it's been over months. Uh, And I just pray, and I'm letting the Lord lead me as to what He wants me to speak on. And uh, I have a lot of things that I want to share about the family. But, you know, and I was really excited waiting this Sunday. And then on Tuesday, I was praying here. And the Lord started speaking to me. And I knew this is what he wanted me to say to you. And he said, tell my people that my coming is very near. He wants me to let you know that. Be aware of that. You must live your life as if it's tomorrow. He says the day and the hour you don't know. He says to be ready. Be ready. Be ready because you don't know. We don't know. You know, you can make judgments as to who is going to go and who is not going to go. We really don't know. Jesus warned us. He said two shall be in a place. A man and his wife in the same room. One is taken, the other left. Now, my thinking is husband and wife do go to church. One is taken, the other one is left. Two women by the meal. You know, they don't. One is taken... Perhaps they're friends. One is taken, the other one is left. We are in the last days. And we should live as if we are in the last days. There is no more time. It's a time to bring people to God. That's one thing. Then there is a time to be enthusiastic about God. To be excited about the things of God. You can't make yourself good. You can't make yourself holy. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You need him in your life to be something. You need him in your life to do good. And it's his presence that filters into your life as you keep yourself and make yourself available for the Holy Spirit to come into you and change you. Jesus said, you are changed because of the words you are cleansed because of the words that have spoken to you that means if you don't receive his words you are still unclean he's his words that can clean you you can clean yourself you can't force yourself into heaven just recognize that we are in the last days look forward to a great coming of our lord jesus christ the world that is coming is much greater than what we see Every human being is a spirit. The message I title is heaven for everyone. That's the question. The real question is, is heaven for everyone that attends church? We need to examine the word of God. There are a lot of things going on in the church. People are having false confidence that's not based on the word of God. They are buying into the doctrines of men, which are really doctrines of the devil, because it will lead you to hell. They They have this you know, catchy statements that they make and they believe in those things. If it's not coming from the word of God, God is not obligated to confirm what is not from his word. 
God is not going to confirm a man's opinion, even if he's the president of the United States or the greatest preacher on the earth. If his words are not in line with God's word, God is not obligated to confirm those words. But if his words are in agreement with his words, he'll confirm the words. So a lot of stuff you hear, once saved, always saved. As If I go to church and I make this little confession, now you're going to heaven. But let's search the scriptures so we know what the Bible says. Because if you don't follow that, you will follow the blind. And if the blind leaves the blind, both will fall in the dish. Those were the words of Jesus. Jesus will not lie to us. He's telling us the truth. So wake up. We are in the last days. If you read the, the words of Peter in, in Acts chapter 2, he was begging them. He says, please come out from these people. Come out. Rescue, rescue yourself. Don't stay with them. This is an old world generation. Come out from them. Join our side because we're going to heaven. And that's my plea to you this morning. Join us. Come out from that, that cloud that's becoming so cold and they're making Jesus sick in his stomach and he wants to throw up because they're neither cold they're not hot, he said. He, you're making him sick. You can't sit there that way just sitting and doing nothing and claiming you're going to heaven. You need to understand that what the scripture says is so important. Every living person is a spirit. Spirits don't die. Every person, uh, you know, on, on the earth wants to have a home. That's the way we are made. You want to have a home. I'm from Africa. Everybody in Africa wants a place to call home. Some homes are great and some homes are not so great, but it's still home. Every, every individual, if you're born into this earth, you also will have an eternal home. There is an eternal home. You, people, once you are born into this world, you never die. Your body will die, but the real you, the spirit that's looking through your eyes to see the world, that person will never die. And I said here, if you cut a man's hands off, he may not be able to pick up something, but he's still alive. He is still the same person. You cut both hands off, he may never be able to pick anything up, but in his mind, he can pick anything up he wants to pick up. He just can't do it physically. So once you are a living person, you are a spirit, you will always be alive. If you die, you're so home. There is a eternal death, which is home in hell with the devil and all his crowd. And then there is home with God in heaven. And that's a beautiful place. That's a home that God himself prepared. A home that God himself built. You think about the buildings that... Great men are built. How beautiful. Now think about a home that God himself built. How beautiful would that be? Now you're going to give these things of the earth and run after your own desires and miss a place like that. You have a home. Eternal home in hell or eternal home with God in heaven. You make the choice. The way you live your life on earth will determine where you go. 
you have to wake up. This is a serious business. We need to know this with for sure that your place is in heaven. Not just saying a few words in church or coming to church every now and then. This is a commitment. Jesus died for this. He gave his life. That's God. Listen, God died. So your, this eternal home can be available for you. You can't just sit around and just get into that home. He gave his life. You got to give something. So you can get in there. Not everyone. You know, the Bible tells us this. In Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now, when Jesus says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, then they must recognize him, right? They must accept him as Lord, right? And they're speaking to him and calling him Lord, Lord. But Jesus is saying, not everyone who says to me, or not everyone who's prayed to me and called me Lord and have accepted me as Lord, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. That's so important. He's not, and you know, Jesus will not lie. If he tells you something, that's exactly what's going to happen. These words are words of prophecy. He's opening your eyes as a Christian. So you see now, let me show you how to study scriptures, okay? Some way to study scripture. When you study a scripture, make sure you know who is speaking. What are they trying to convey? What idea, they use words, okay? But what idea are they trying to convey? Who is in the audience? Who's the audience like? Who are they speaking to? Are they speaking to the whole world? Or are they speaking to believers? I need to know, is God speaking to me? You need to know who they're speaking to. Otherwise, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and misinterpret the scriptures. Because you, well, generally what people do is, that's not for me. And they put it to somebody else. Who is he talking to? Who is the audience here? We need to know. So that's very important. Look at what it says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, who are they speaking to? To Christ himself. They spoke to him. He heard it. And so he's telling not, not everyone that says that is going to make him. Then he tells you, gives you a prophecy. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done, not some, many signs, wonders in your name. And then Jesus said, and then I will declare to them. Notice, he didn't say, I will say to them. Because if he says, I will say to them, he knew them, that would not be true. So he says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. He's not saying, I will say to them, which means it's a lie because he knew them. But Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Now, 
When Jesus gives a word, that word is going to be fulfilled. I've always been afraid of this. When Jesus gives a word like this, it's a word of prophecy. That means on that day of judgment, many people will be doing this. If, if, if this doesn't happen, Jesus told us a lie. I don't want to be in that crowd. I don't want to be in that crowd. I don't want him telling me to get lost. I don't want that. Getting lost means punishment through eternity. That's a sad story. I tried going to church. I did everything and now he's telling me to get lost. If I knew he was going to tell me to get lost, then live like the devil. What's, what would you, I have nothing to lose. Why should you try and not make it? That's stupid. You want to get into heaven, you try. You gave money to church to your pastor and still didn't make it. He said, many will say to me on that day. It, it, when they said to him, it, they went in there with confidence, right? They were sure they were going to make it. That's why they're telling him, hey, master, I think you're making a mistake here. We've done these things in your name. You sure us. You got to let us in. He says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. And what can you do with that? I never knew you. The thing that bothers me is how relaxed Christians can be, including myself. I have to wake up myself. Pinch yourself. What are you doing? How many of you sitting here, you want to go to heaven? How many of you have done many signs and wonders? How many of you? Think about it. You think they were using his name without knowing the power of his name? They knew something about it, at least. If they were able to perform signs and wonders, and if they have prophesied in his name, and notice Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't do that. He didn't argue with them. He knew that was they did right. He just will declare to them because of their lifestyle and the way they live their life. I don't know you. So they did these things in his name. But me, I mean, you of course have prophesied in his name. You see, it's more serious than the way Christians are taking it. Few will find this time. You see, we're not a pastor to come and please people. We want to go to heaven. Jesus' words will be fulfilled. I just pray that there's no one here today hearing my voice that's going to stand up that day and be turned back. But if you turn back, it's not because you were not warned. You decided you were going to do that. This playing of games with Christ and Christianity is stupid. Running to and fro looking for experience and no commitment to God, something is absolutely wrong. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. Pastors shouldn't be looking for people in the church to work, and we can't find anybody. And here you have all of these people, they're not willing to do anything. You're going to get into heaven, you haven't done a miracle in your life. You can't even have that kind of argument with him. Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, give I thee. Many of us, silver and gold we don't have, 
And such as I have, we don't have as well. You can't do any miracle. What would be your argument then? Now, 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 look. In Luke chapter 13, verse 23 and 24. <coughs> he says, and he went through the cities and villages teaching. And journeying towards Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? Are there few who are saved? Notice this guy is concerned about his own soul, right? He's wondering, will I be in the number? That question came from his heart. Many Christians don't even think of something like this. Here was Jesus. He was right there with the Son of God. Still concerned about his eternal soul. And people are acting silly. Claiming he's okay. They're going there. He said, are there few that will be saved? He's asking Jesus. Are there few? Jesus spoke to him in verse 24. Strive to enter through the narrow gate from again the word many. I said to you, I'm not lying to you. Are there few that will be saved? He said, I'm telling you, strive. You know what it means to strive? Give it all you got. That's what it means. <laughs> not this lazy Christian work where we have to beg them to go to church, beg them they can't even move, strive give it everything that you got go all out for it, that's the word strive go all out for it I'm amazed, uh, we will be shocked and Jesus told us we are in the last days mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we are in the last days, people are taking their ease just like in the days of Noah. They are marrying and giving in marriage and having parties and political parties and all of that stuff. Eating and drinking and all of that. And it's Jesus said, he, he'll come he, just like a thief in the night. They are partying. They can't even. They're so drunk. They can't even. They're not aware that something is significant is going on. Jesus said, that's what's going to happen to this generation. We play too much games with God. We seem to forget, and, and, and I'm not talking to you guys, amen. Not you. All of them are there. Yes. Yes, all of them are there. Does, does your Christian life mean anything to you? Is it a life to, to, to live? You're going to be justifying things, something you should be crying out to God. Please deliver me. I don't want this in my life. Or you're going to stand up and fight and say, that's right. God, God understands. You're going to live for God or you're going to live for yourself. What's happening? All you want is experience, some goosebumps. And you feel good about it. That's all. You're not going to give everything as much and cry out to God to lift you and make you something in his name? How important is this to you? If you die today, would you make it? 
Do you know what it means to be in hell? Jesus spoke of hell because he created it. He knew what was there. He told us that it's better for you to have one hand than to allow anything to take you to that place. Get rid of it. What if it is? He says it's better. It's better for you to have one eye, he said. He wasn't telling us uh, to be Christians with just one eye. Everybody comes to church. How come you still have two eyes? I only have one. I plucked the other one off. For the kingdom of God, you are not as committed. You still have two eyes. That's not what he's talking about. But what he's saying is, give it all that you got. Don't play games. It's not just experience. Give him all that you got. Yes, you will struggle, but it's a question of the heart. God knows your heart. He knows what's going on there. He knows if when you're struggling, but you're struggling to do good. He knows when you're justifying it and being lazy because you don't care anything about his kingdom. He sees it. That's when he's going to say, I never knew you. You didn't really commit to me. You were doing your own thing. You didn't commit to me. We need to wake up. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I believe that the Lord spoke to me and said, tell my people. It may be just one person, but your soul is worth it. Your soul is worth it. If you commit to Christ this morning, your soul is worth it. And if you ask God to change the direction of your life today, and you say you'll do well, he will not only bless you in this, come, this present age, as the scripture says in Matthew chapter 19, he will bless you here, and then he'll bless you up there eternally, you with him, sitting close to the Lamb, the creator of the universe, forever and ever. But why would you play games with your life? How many of you, if you're going to go back, go to Africa and leave, for, for, for the rest of your life, we'll start packing just the day before you left. We know you're going to leave a lot of stuff behind then. You're going where you never come back. And you're not prepared. You're not taking any goods with you to, to use up there. Store your treasures where? In heaven. We need to work. So you can have something over there. Amen. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Hmm. Do you know what that is? That's many in church, right? Many who possibly constantly go to church regularly. They are seeking to enter. And some people are not even seeking. They're just doing their own thing. And they think, well, because I said that prayer with Billy Graham, I'm going to go there. It was Billy Graham that prayed for me to receive Christ. (laughs) Billy Graham himself would oppose you on that day. If you don't live for God. You need to do what God wants. Let me share with you the relationship. 
of the believer in Christ. The reason I want to go is there's a lie there in this world. How I many has heard, once saved, always saved? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. It's in Ezekiah chapter 2 verse 5. Ezekiah chapter 2 verse 5 says, Once saved, always saved. Yes, brother, preach it, lying preacher. But I want to share with you, you see, again, always, before you take on anything, check what the scripture says. Check what Jesus himself said, not what the preacher said. Check what he says. Who is he talking to? Who is the audience? Who is he referring to? You need, we need to know that. Now, when we talk about the relationship between the believer and Christ, this is what Jesus said. In John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. He makes the vine look good. Every branch in what? In me. Is the branch in him? Yes. Was the branch a part of him? Yes. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the Father takes away. If you read in Century Version, New Century Version, it says the Father cuts away. The Father wants his son, the head. And his body to look beautiful. And if there is a part of his body that is not looking right, he says, that's not part of us. He cuts off. Every vine in, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the Father takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So if you're doing well, then God begins to walk with you your family and begins to promote you so you decide what you want to do you want to bear fruit but jesus said it in verse 5 he says i am the vine he makes it clear first he said i am the true vine and he tells you every branch in me now we don't understand what he meant by every branch in me but then he lets us know in 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 verse 5 i am the vine you are the branches. So since you are the branches and you are a branch, if you don't bear fruit, guess what the Father does? Out. You can argue with him. He's the vine dresser. He's like the Father is not even thinking he comes in there. That branch doesn't look good. He's out the bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses let the matter be established now talking about branch paul picks again this thing about the branch and paul started talking about this in romans chapter 11 and please gain understanding and then i'm talking about this message of one saved always saved please be very careful about this type of word a teaching 
Because see, any, anything that tells you, well, I'm saved now, uh, it doesn't matter. Guess who? It's the doctrine of the devil. It's going to put you in the wrong direction and destroy you. You need to discern that. Because people need to be discerning. He says, believe not every spirit. How do you tell the spirit behind the, what is a person? The words that they speak. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has not come in the flesh is not of God. So the way to tell is what they're saying. And if what they're saying don't line up with the word of God, I don't have to receive it. In fact, the Bible says I shouldn't keep company with you. I'll stay away from you. If you're coming in church and I don't want to greet you, I'll pass you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Paul says in Romans, talking about the Jews, because God had cut them off. God cut them off. You know, I, I'm not the one that believes, or I don't believe anyone believes yeah, a Jew doesn't have to receive Jesus to go to heaven. <laughs> Jesus made it clear. He says, you of the kingdom, the people will come from the east and from the west and will sit in the, in the kingdom with God, Abraham. But you, children of Abraham, you'll be out. Jesus said that. He called the Jews children of the devil. So God cut them out. It says in, in verse 19, Romans 11, you will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. In other words, God took the Jews out so that I can be a part of him. He says, well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be hurry, but fear. Even though you are standing in God and in Christ, don't take anything for granted be afraid paul says this is the word of god be afraid fear for if god did not spare the natural branches he may not spare you either so just because you are now being you have not been grafted in doesn't mean you can you will always be there if you don't fear because if you don't fear he says he may not spare you as well who is he talking to? To those outside or to Christians? He's talking to Christians. And he's telling them he could cut you off. And then you hear people saying, once saved, always saved. That's a lie from the pits of hell. That's not the truth. He says he may not spare you either. He says, therefore consider you think on it the goodness and severity of God on those who fell, in other words, on those who he cut away. And people say, well, I fell away. What means you've been cut off? You can come back. On those who fell, severity. They were cut off. But towards you, goodness, he brought you in. If the question that he brought you in, if you continue, that's the key word. If you, please say that with me. If you, his goodness towards you will be only if you continue. You go aside and do your own thing. You are not continuing. 
if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also, not maybe, will be cut off. We need to realize this. We're not perfect, but draw close to God. Draw close to God. You can't be that hurting, doing your own thing. Neglecting God's word because you said a prayer a few years ago. It, it doesn't work this way. Everybody's going to be judged from books. Your words are going to be, you're going to give account on that day for, for your words. Everything that you've spoken. If it doesn't happen, Jesus lied to us and he cannot lie. This thing is more serious than the way we're taking this. Will you just do whatever you like and whatever I like? We need to wake up and realize what God is saying. I'm going to share something in there because of time I'm going to stop and I'll continue next week. You know, Jesus said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he tells us, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. How do you cope the flesh that is weak? Watch and pray. That's how you That's how you cope the flesh. If you don't, you will enter, that means you will live in temptation. He's not saying we are not going to be tempted. What it is, is you become taken by the temptation and you are living a life of temptation. Watch and pray. Now let me ask you this. Falling into temptation. This is a warning coming from the Lord Jesus. If that has no meaning... Or no consequence on your eternal life. Why is he telling us to watch and pray? If falling into temptation doesn't affect our eternal destiny. Why is he warning us to watch and pray? What happens to me if I fall into temptation? What's going to happen? What's the eternal consequence? I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to pray. I'll enter into temptation. So what's the consequence? What's going to happen to me? Why did Jesus, he gave us empty words that have no consequence? Think about it. Think about it. You can help yourself. It's only through prayer and through watching that can deliver you so you don't enter into temptation. Because entering into temptation would destroy everything. That's what it meant. We need to be very careful. The Bible, and I'll continue last, next week. The Bible tells us we are in dangerous times, perilous times. Where men are lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They don't care anything about God. Only what suits them. And they have their own doctrine for themselves. 
But Jesus says it's very clear. Like, he will always, in Matthew, you read the whole gospel, Jesus will say, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And he will say a very strong thing, and then he concludes, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. It's your decision. If you want to hear, hear. And then you get through the Gospels and all of that. You get back to Revelation and he picks it up again. It's the same Jesus. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The church is the audience. Again. We need to be really serious about this. Especially if you look at your life. And God is in and out. He doesn't mean anything to you. How often do you pray? How many minutes do you spend praying? You're a Christian. You're going to heaven. He's already watched, told us to watch and pray. And I know the stronger you get, the greater the temptation. So you know you need to go back because that's the way it is. And God will, if you are watching and praying, he's going to make a way of escape. But how many of you, how many times do you pray in a week? Do you even think about praying? Do you even watch? Does it matter to you? What about going to the house of God? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. That doesn't bother you. When you're not there, you're not even thinking about it. It's past Sunday. Oh, that was Sunday gone. You just remembered. It's called the Lord's Day. In the, the Old Testament, the Sabbath day, you couldn't do anything. Now is the Lord's day. There is freedom, but God wants your heart. Give me your heart. Make the choice. And when you are not making the right choice, you're not watching and you're not praying. We need to remember the time is very short. Don't let this thing take you unawares. That would be a grievous mistake. Jesus said it were better if you were not born than for you to go the other way. If I were you, I would make sure I make things right with God today and ask him to help me. I'm just like you. I cry out to him constantly. I need your help. And I told my wife several times, I think Pastor has already said it, as you heard me say this, man is essentially evil. It's true. Without Christ, oh gosh, people are wicked. Human beings, including me, we're very wicked. Our hearts, God help us. But the place I can get help is to go to Him. I see what's happening in my life, and I'm crying out, God, you got to help me. You got to help me. He knows my heart. Amen? That's what is important. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Do you care a thing about the one who bled on the cross? Or are you going to do your own thing? Bow your heads with me this morning. Where are you in your relationship? Maybe you haven't made Christ your Lord. What are you waiting for? What if he, come to, if he comes back today? What are you going to do? And if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
Where is the fervor? Why are you not hot for him? If you don't want to be hot, the other alternative is to be cold. Just let him know you're not interested. But why play the game? And just be there. Look one. He doesn't know he can figure you out. You can't even figure you out. You don't know whether to go in or to stay out. And God says, I'm tired of this. When are you going to make up your mind? I'm going all the way. All heads bowed this morning. And this is really serious. The Lord is with us here. And please be sincere with yourself and with God. So he can help us. You're here this morning and you're saying, God, I want to go all the way. I'm not going to play games. I am committed, committing my life totally to you today. I mean business, God. Help me. You're here this morning and you really want to do that. Just put your hand up quickly and put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If your hand is down, be sure you are sincere. You see, he knows your heart. He knows what's going on there. Sometimes people are too concerned about what people think. If I raise my hand, they'll see it. That's pride. And guess where it came from? The one who still has you in his hold. The devil. Why don't you break that today and say, I'm not going to let that happen to me anymore. I'm going to go with God. I'm going to give you another opportunity. And for everyone, all eyes closed, all heads bowed, you're saying, I am going to commit everything to God. I want to be hot for God. If that's you, please put your hand up again. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. The Lord says he is coming for those who are ready. Remember that I said in my word that the days are coming when two will be on the field. One will be taken and the other left. What I need from my people is faithfulness. If you are faithful in the little things, then I know you will be faithful in the big things. Today, I'm calling my people to stand up and to have a backbone and not to be afraid to go out into the world to speak openly about the Lord in whom you claim you believe. Do that with all of your heart and I'll lead you and I'll take you to precious grounds. I'll lead you into rest and you will find great rest for your soul. But if you rebel and you turn to your own ways and your own understanding, then remember 
that all that will come to you is death and destruction. Commit your life today to my cause and live for God. Stand up with me today. You see, for every life, everyone that's standing here before me, this is just coming to me right now. There is a thing in your life that God says no, and you know it. He wants you to turn the other way. Maybe you don't have the strength, but would you say, God, I'm willing to turn the other way today? I'm going to turn the other way, God, with your help. I'm going to do whatever it takes to go the other direction so that your blessing can be upon my life. Amen? You see, this is not a game. Jesus is. Amen? Jesus is. I don't know anything. Only what I know is what God has called me to do. And I'm going to be faithful to what God has called me to do. And if you receive, you'll receive grace from him. And God will bless you, your family, and his grace will be mighty in your life. Lift your hands up to the Lord this morning and give him thanks. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right now, God is giving you faith to live for him. God is bringing deliverance to you. And those things that trouble you, those things that hinder you, God will remove this morning from your life. In Jesus' name, I pray that God will anoint our eyes with all so that we can truly see every eye here, Lord. Anoint with all so that we can see. Help us to strengthen the hand that's hanging down. Lord, to pull that feet in that's going astray so that we can receive grace from our God. You are so faithful. You are love. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. I will be out here, especially for our visitors. Angela and I will be here. Please come and say hello to us. We'd like to talk to you. And if you need prayer, special prayer, the prayer partners are going to be up here. Please come and uh, we'll pray with you.